0: All right. So i got a pretty cool episode here for you today, and I'm going to actually flip the interview style onto myself. I'm going to share with you a recording on Brenda Johnston's new podcast, The Limitless Life, where she had me on and she asked me some really, really great questions. If you don't remember Brenda, she's been on this show twice. She's a client of Joe and mine, and I am also a client of hers. Brenda is an NLP and hypnosis coach for performance. Forming entrepreneurs to help them get out of their way and stop self-sabotaging. Yes, we all do it. We all self-sabotage. So in this episode, you're going to want to stay tuned for this. If you are in any transition- period in your life or your business. We talk a lot about transitioning from when I went from a hygienist into my online fitness business, and then also transferring out of my fitness business into business coaching now. I think we can all agree that through life, we go through so many different transitions, whether it's life, career, business, relationships, and as much as we want them to be quick and easy, they're just not. So we talk a lot about that. We talk a lot about High performance and how to get more done in a short amount of time, how to have more efficiency with your time, and how to really have all equities of your life without feeling like something is compromised. That's high performance. I love, love, love the topic of high performance. And it's something that I have been working on myself consistently for the past four years and it's something that's definitely always improving so we're gonna we're gonna flip things here i'm gonna take you into that interview i would love for you to do me a favor and to do brenda johnston a favor go on over and check her out on the limitless life podcast go subscribe to her channel she has so much cool cool insight into The brain and how it works into why we self sabotage, why we come up with roadblocks, why we can sometimes struggle to make money, even when we feel like we're doing everything right or we're working harder. She helps people get over their blocks. And yes, yes, we have it all. So here we go. Here's the interview.
1: Welcome to the Limitless Life Podcast. I am so freaking excited about my guest today for many reasons. She's my first official guest. She's a good friend and somebody I just really adore. And more importantly, she's one of my awesome business coaches that has literally been a huge part of my transition this past year out of corporate life and turning my 10-year hobby into a successful and growing business. My guest today is Sarah Fennell. She retired her nine to five as a dental hygienist to go on and build a six-figure business online in a space before that was even a thing. She's a retired IFBB Pro figure athlete, international fitness and cover model, and she was named a top 100 internet retailer for her fitness programs. She's currently the co owner of PT Profits, and they help fitness and health professionals grow their businesses and become high performers. And of course, you can find her over on her own podcast, The Fulfillment Project. But if you're looking to uh, learn about becoming a high performer, you're going to want to stick around and then head over there. So let's welcome Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Hi, Brenda. I'm so excited to be on the show. I'm so excited to have you. This show wouldn't really exist without you. I know. being completely honest.
0: We've been talking about this for a while, so I'm so excited to be one of your very first guests and to uh, get this ball rolling with the show for you.
1: I know it seemed just like natural but also a universal energy. I just felt like you had to be the first guest as strange as that sounds. So let's just jump right into this because you have this magical way of pushing people outside magical. of their comfort zones. <laughs> I, I love that word magical. You have this magical way of pushing people outside of their comfort zones and kind of helping them step into who they're supposed to be. So How did you figure out who you were supposed to be? Because, I mean, you started as a dental hygienist and then completely transitioned out of that world and did something that didn't even exist yet. So tell us a bit about that.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting about, and I I think, you know, the show might all be about transitions and, you know, transitions, transitions are interesting, whether you want to look at it from a career perspective or even getting out of a relationship. You know, I think we can all understand, even from the relationship perspective, sometimes when you're dating someone or, you know, you're in that relationship and you just know that things aren't right and it's time to move on. And, you know, as much as we're like, I don't want this anymore and I want something else and we want to make that quick jump, it's never as easy and clear cut as. we want it to be. And I find that life changes or and career changes are exactly like that too. You get that that internal nudge or that that pain in your stomach just saying something's not right. Like I I need to be doing something different or I don't I shouldn't be in this space. So that's kind of what happened when I was doing dental hygiene I started competing in fitness competitions, started doing fitness modeling, and I started putting myself out there on YouTube and it gained a lot of attention. And and basically what I've done and even what I do now is what I'm learning and what I've experienced in my life in the last year, two or three years, I just, I share it with the world through social media, through email marketing, through videos. And in a sense, like that's how you market yourself. And for me, that kind of always came easy of what I was learning and what I was experiencing just to share. It's kind of like if you go to a really good restaurant and you're like, oh my God, like you have to go try this restaurant or you have, mm-hmm. to, go see, see, you have to go see this movie, you know, that type of recommendation. That's kind of how, I, how I've always been with my life. If I do something that changes my life or makes me feel better or does something positive, I always feel this need to share it with other people and share it through social media streams. So that's what I did with fitness and it gained a lot of attention of women wanting to work with me. So I launched a a part-time business, hoping to kind of just get myself out of some debt and give me a little bit of passion because hygiene was kind of boring and monotonous to me. And that just started snowballing into an actual full-time business and I quit dental hygiene and went into fitness. And then, you know, just two years ago I started to get that internal nudge again about, Mm -hmm. you know, it just fitness didn't spark me as much as I, and not that I, it's still a big part of my life, but in terms of coaching people and helping other people get to different levels, it, it wasn't fitness anymore and it was business. And then two years ago, starting to make the shift into business coaching. So it's always just been this internal nudge that it usually causes me more pain to stay where I'm at than to make that leap and grow and go into a different space. You know, even when I feel uncomfortable doing it, it will still cause me more pain to stay where I'm at than to grow.
1: Mm, I get that the pain thing, especially because as you know, I stayed in a corporate job that didn't really make me happy for 10 years, like over 10 years. But what's interesting is like, how do you it's really hard to say to somebody, Oh, just trust, trust the process, it's all going to work out. So how do you explain that to people? Like, how do you get them to just trust?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, the action has to be there. So, you know, it's kind of... that, that is a hard question. It's if you are passionate about something and you are passionate about sharing your gifts or your knowledge with the world, then you need to trust that you have the ability to figure it out. That's kind of where the trust comes from. If you can trust that you have the ability to figure it out, even if like you don't know how to do something right now, if you are resourceful, if you like to learn, if you're willing to put yourself out there, then you just need to trust yourself to figure it out. It's not just like, okay, universe, like I just trust that this is going to happen. No, it's it's the trust in yourself for your ability to do it.
1: I love that too, actually, what you just said, the trust, but also the action. I find that a lot of people um, practice things like affirmations, which is great because I'm all about the affirmations. But one of the things I realize is that a lot of people just wish and they don't take action. Do you think that It's the lack of action that's the biggest thing that holds people back from becoming high performers –
0: Oh, 100%. And I mean, you know, you see how Joe and I operate. I mean, the amount of action that we take and not all that action will produce anything. It's kind of like, you know, you're just throwing a bunch at the wall and you're hoping something's going to stick. And the more action that you take, the more likely you are to have that outcome that you're looking for. But if you sit back and you analyze and, you know, you go into like, you start spinning, nothing will ever happen. and and just wish, just wishing something to happen. It doesn't happen. I mean, action comes from networking. Action comes from marketing. Action comes from, you know, meeting new people. Action comes from just doing as much as you possibly can and something will land and everybody's going to do different things in their life. Everyone's going to build a business a little bit differently, but you need to find what's going to work for you. And you're not going to find what's going to work for you if you don't put in the action. Hmm. So it, it, it all goes hand in hand.
1: It's interesting, too, because I know I've had a lot of conversations with people um, just about kind of my transition out of corporate. For those of you who don't know, I was basically working two full time jobs for close to a year. So when I hear people say things like, well, I don't want to work 100 hours a week. (laughs) Do you think so? I have this this kind of a two part question. One, I tend to hate the word hustle. I just I don't I don't like that word. But do you think that to grow a business and to get it to six figures or seven figures that you have to be working like 100 hours a week all the time? Do you think that's realistic? Mm, I, I believe there's
0: different seasons of your business. So for example, <clears throat> excuse me, when I was transitioning from dental hygiene into full-time fitness um, for an entire year, you know, much like you, you know, my evenings, my weekends were spent with clients or working on my business. But to be honest, like, I don't look back and think of that as like a hard period because I was so excited and my fitness business lit me up. Like I couldn't wait to get done my nine to five so I could actually work on my passion. So I feel like a lot of people, they almost have the wrong intention because, you know, and I even had a coaching call the other week and she's trying to start an online business and she doesn't have a great presence. And I'm like, you know, you need to go become a personal trainer, like physically work with, work with, work with people and then build up your online on the side. She was asking me, she goes, well, how long do I need to work with these people? And right there, I knew that she had the wrong intention. So, you know, if you don't want to work with people and you don't want to actually help people, it doesn't matter what medium you're working, whether it's online, in-person, like a hybrid, if you don't really have that desire to help people through that change and that transformation, then, then you're doing it for the wrong reason. So going back to what I was saying there, you know, for an entire year, I was just working on my, my business. And to be honest, I never wanted my fitness business to be full time. That wasn't the intention from the beginning. So then it it comes back to like, what's your intention, right? Um, And then when I realized like I had replaced my hygiene income and that I I was stable and clients were coming in consistently and I had the, the knowledge, skills, and ability to continue to get clients and build the business, that's what gave me the confidence to be able to actually quit my career uh, as a hygienist. Um, and then, you know, when two years ago when Joe and I started doing business coaching and then, you know, just over a year ago when I decided to go full time in, you know, I was still, my last fitness client finished up in October of 2018. So just a couple months ago, but I wasn't marketing myself for the last year. So people need to understand there's a transition with everything. And then even this past year of Joe and I really getting this business going, it's been a full on sprint. Mm. So whether you need to work a hundred hours a week or not, it depends on what season you are in your business, like to build your brand, to build your name, to really put yourself out there and be known for something. Yeah. Like you got to go all in. Mm. And then now we're at a point now where, you know, we're starting to hire people on and, and delegate and, um, outsource a lot of things. So at the beginning, yeah, you're going to have to put in a lot of hours if you really want to get your business up off the ground.
1: When you left your corporate job, did people think you were nuts?
0: Yes. Yeah. (laughs) It took me, it took me like four or six months to actually tell my parents that I had quit my job. Um, All my friends, they were like, what are you doing? Like, you want to do like this online thing? Like, and this is back in 2011. I started my business um, in about mid two thousand ten coming into 2011. So this is before the Instagram days, like YouTube and Facebook were really just starting to come up and that's where I had Facebook had kind of made a known uh, my name known in that space. So m- nobody understood that. Mm-hmm. And at the time like I think I was like 24, 25, um my friends were all either like bartenders or servers, like no one really had a stable job like a hygienist like myself. So nobody understood what I was doing, but It's kind of like you. It's kind of like you, Brenda. You know, I know that you kind of you know what it feels like to have that confidence inside you, and you're like, I can do this, and it doesn't matter what other people are going to say. And I find a lot of people lack that confidence within themselves to know that they can do it, so they'll fall into the mindset of everybody else's limiting beliefs, and that will hold them back.
1: That's a great segue to something I was going to bring up with you. So obviously, I work with people on a subconscious level. Was there? Or has there been any beliefs that you've had to work through? I mean, you've accomplished a lot in a short period of time because you're not actually that old, right? You've accomplished a lot of stuff. So have have there been limiting beliefs that you've had to identify and work through that maybe were holding you back before? Yeah,
0: um, definitely when I started out, no. And I think that's why I was so successful so fast. It was literally like ignorance on fire. Like I was... I love that. Yeah, it it really was. But um, when I went back to school for uh, holistic nutrition in 2013 and realizing how much I didn't know about the body and I had been coaching people, you know, for nutrition and training, I started thinking to myself, you know, I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. um, And that started with some limiting Mm -hmm. beliefs. And um, I caught that about maybe like a year into school and kind of switch that around. And then also when I was transitioning into business coaching, there was a a lot, a lot holding me back there. That was like the hardest transition. And I owe a lot to Joe, my partner, because I, if it wasn't for him, I don't know if I would have been able to actually make that leap on my own because I had a lot of shit holding me back. And I remember like I would catch myself and I think like we know when we're not putting in the right action or we know when we're not living up to our potential. And when I went into fitness coaching, like I said, it was just ignorance on fire. And I was like, I can do this. And no one else was actually doing what I was doing in my space. So I had nothing to compare, but then going into business coaching, charging quite a higher premium than what I would charge for fitness coaching, um, teaching people about stuff that I didn't require for school. It was just stuff that came second nature to me. So I was, I really wasn't valuing what I knew, Mm -hmm. um, And then also like there are business coaches all over the place and, you know, you look at the space. So I was watching a lot of other people. So there were a lot of things holding me back, you know, comparison, money mindset, um, self-worth that took me a while to like really, really work through. And and to be honest, like I'm still not totally through it. Like we're still, we're not ever fully healed, but I'm way further ahead than I was about a year ago.
1: Well, and I think that's a good point to make is that when we work through these limiting beliefs, we don't ever necessarily fully get rid of them, but we learn how to deal with them better. Because I know um, just working with like you and Joe in the beginning, I was a very big consumer. And What I mean by that is I would buy books and courses because I never felt like I knew enough. Do you find that a lot of the people you're working with have that kind of self-worth thing where they don't feel like they know enough?
0: Oh, 100%. Um, yeah, especially trainers and nutritionists, the people that we work with, um, because you, you usually get into that space because you've had a transformation of your own or you've had a health journey of your own. So you become this like sponge for knowledge Mm -hmm. and Joe talks about it, the consumer versus creator. So if you're consuming so much information, but you're not creating. So you're not creating your own thoughts and your own marketing and your own spin and your own opinion on things. You get sucked into that consumption mode. And then you're like, I don't know enough. I don't know enough. Mm -hmm. So especially like health fitness, like the body is like, it's a rabbit hole. Which which is amazing because it's fascinating, but, you know, there needs to be this delicate balance of, you know, how much am I taking in? And I find even for myself in general, you know, taking in knowledge, and if we want to talk about different energy sources here, you know, taking in knowledge is a very masculine energy. And it's a very logical energy and it's very Mm -hmm. analytical. And I find even for myself, I need to be careful what types of podcasts I'm listening to or what types of books I'm listening to. Because if I'm learning and learning and learning, but I'm not in the creative mode, you know, the feminine energy, the being, the present, Mm -hmm. um, I find my creative brain gets stumped. So, you know, we need to be careful of, you know, how much information are you learning, and how much are you actually turning, on, turning around and recreating and putting out into the world? And it's a very delicate balance. And oh, then also, so delicate. If you're caught in the consumption, then it will stump you for, for being creative
1: 100%. I remember in the beginning, you and Joe literally looking at me and saying, You're not allowed to buy any more books. I was like, What? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. yeah. It can be scary too, because. I think with social media now, there is so much comparison. There is so much stuff that comes up. That's crazy. And the energy thing is interesting, too, because what people don't realize, we are all energy. And we all have the ability to make the choices that we're going to make. And so when we are, whether we're transitioning out of corporate into something or whether we're just building a business, it all comes back to the energy and what your intention is, which you were talking about earlier. Do you find that when people come to you, sometimes they don't actually know what their intention is? Like, is it just about, oh, I want to make a lot of money?
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, There's this... There's this wave of entrepreneurship being cool, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I think we have so many more choices nowadays with the online space, and it's funny because I don't even promote people building an online business, but it's actually what I did Um, because I think that people kind of have the wrong intention, Um, especially if you hear about online businesses or people just wanting to run a business. They don't really understand what, like, it's fucking hard to run a business. Like, it's, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not easy. And if it doesn't come natural to you and you don't have this, like, pull to just, like, help people and put yourself out there to, like, attract people in, it's going to be really, really hard to start from, like, square one. And, you know, you can learn all the tools and knowledge and the how-tos, but if there's not something just naturally driving you to help people, it's going to be hard. So, yeah, coming back to intention. What is your intention? And I find... And obviously like running a business, you know, money, we, we want to make money. And I find like, I even get stuck in this mentality too. If I'm solely focused on the dollar amount or how much I'm going to make in a launch or, you know, any, anything like that, that our minds naturally go to, it's not as successful if I'm just like, how many people can I help? Or like truly focusing on the transformation. So Mm. it's kind of like this delicate balance of like checking yourself every now and then.
1: Oh, so you just keep having these awesome segues. So That's interesting because one of the things that comes up a lot with the people that I work with is they focus on only the money. Don't get me wrong. I'm all about making limitless amounts of money. But what happens is, and you just said this, when you look at the money as simply a source of income, the money won't come. (laughs) No. So it's interesting that you said, you know, when I let go and just kind of... Look at how many people can I help? Because that's what this comes down to. The more people you can help, that's where the abundance comes, and that's where the money comes, and that's where all of the awesome stuff comes from. Because, again, it's energy. Yeah. Um, can
0: I say something, something yeah. about money? Because I've been thinking about this recently. Um, you know, money is energy and, and we've all heard that. And if you even look at like paper money nowadays, it's it's rare. So all we have is this little card or, you know, e-transfers or all this electronic stuff and money is just a source of value. So it, it's, an, it's an exchange. So the way I like to think about it is how can I help people? How can I put myself in a place of value? Because I know from an exchange perspective, the more the more i give the more i will receive yes and you know it money is not a tangible thing so if you think about it as you know how much can i give and and what can i put out to the universe and 100% that will come flowing back to you because i get i think like everybody gets stuck in as much as we don't want to say like i don't want money or you know i don't focus on the money you do because we have bills we have obligations you know we're not building a business like just for the heck of it because it is mm-hmm. a lot of work like what we said so And it's hard to step back and not think about the money. But when you do and you're like, how many people can I help? Or how many transformations can I do? Or, you know, how much value can I give to people? That will come back to you way more than thinking, I'm going to make $100,000 this year. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, if we want to talk about manifestation or, um, you know, laws of attraction, the money component has absolutely nothing to do with it. If you focus on how many people can I help, that's actually going to bring the dollar figure back to you.
1: Yeah, it totally does. And that's where people get hung up with the whole manifesting thing and the law of attraction goes back to the affirmation thing. If you just look up at the sky and wish for it to fall on your face, it doesn't fall on your face. But you have to take action, but you also have to understand that. Yes, it is about the money. So if you're saying things like, oh, money's not important to me, you've probably got a block about money somewhere inside of you. Mm-hmm. Because I think I it was T. Harvecker I once heard say you can't deposit love into the bank. Yeah. And it's true. But people have this money to a lot of people is is gross or scary or bad. And so once we kind of work through that stuff and realize that the more people we can help, the more money, it really does come back into us. Like we were talking about when I was working my corporate job and building my business on the side, like, yes, it was a lot of work, but like you, I would get so excited just to work with the clients after work. And I remember people looking at me going, well, why, why are you so excited? Like, aren't you exhausted? I'm like, no, because it's not like work. And the exactly. money just started coming. Like it lit. it just started coming. I had like a $2,000 month and then I would have a $4,000 month and then I would have a $7,000 month. And I think I was only working like 14 hours with clients a week. Mm-hmm. So once you realize and shift, so I love that you just said that. <laughs> Love it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You have to love what you do. That's the other thing, right? If you, and there's always ways, like look at yourself. You know, you've also made transition from helping people with, you know, weight loss to now, you know, the money high performance side of it. So, you know, if you're not loving what you're doing or you don't feel that like massive spark or internal pull, I think people just need to do a little bit more digging as to like, what's their zone of genius. And Mm -hmm. you know, that, that's one of the big things I find about high performance is you need to be really self-aware. And so many people aren't As to what makes them happy, what makes them perform at their highest and what they need to actually do, you know, to perform at that level, whether they want to do it or not. So, yeah, I love high performance. I love money
1: mindset. Like it's the
0: endless (laughs) topic. It's so crazy. And
1: so is the unconscious mind. We could talk about this forever. Mm -hmm. It's funny too, because I did transition and you just talked about having to dig and stuff. I also think people need to learn to listen. I didn't go looking for the high performers. <laughs> they just started showing up. And I think it was on your podcast, actually, after you and I had listened to it, we were both like, oh, my God, you have to pivot. It's time to pivot. I was like, yep. yeah, you're right, actually. So I think people really need to like just listen and pay attention and be present. Yeah. Well, I mean, and nothing stays static, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, even like mine and Joe's business... <laughs> it changes every month, like not drastically, but if you're not stepping back and analyzing or figuring out where to go deeper with things or like our mentorship has never been the same once. So I think people feel like they're, they're always looking for that destination and they're like, they're looking for like that success point when like success is a sliding scale and and so is business. So if Mm -hmm. you're not willing to like listen, if you're not willing to grow, if you're not willing to change, then nothing will ever get better.
1: Mm. So let me ask you this. Have you always felt like you were meant to do great big things? Like even when you were little? Have you always been a high performer, I guess is the question. Um, I think I always like, and I don't know if
0: everybody kind of felt like this, but when I was little, like I always wanted to feel... I don't know. I think I always wanted to be like famous, or I always wanted to feel like I like did something and you know, or I wanted to be like a princess and find my prince. Like, I don't know. I think like I, I always thought like that as a little girl. Yeah. Um, but then like going through high school and into college and coming back to maybe like limiting beliefs, I feel like some of that got squashed um with like what was reality and what wasn't. Um, and then following that typical path of success of, you know, becoming a dental hygienist and working the nine to five, and then thinking to myself like this doesn't feel right. And then just listening to that internal voice of being like, no, like you need to do this. Mm -hmm. So whether I felt like I was born to do something great, I'm not sure, but I just know that when I'm not happy, God, it's like internal pain. Like whether it's leaving a relationship or leaving a job or like cutting out a friend, like it will cause me more pain to stay where I'm at than it will to move forward. And I feel like some people are just not willing to go through the change Mm -hmm. um, that's needed to actually change their life. And, and that's why so many people stay stuck.
1: Yes. And that could, that's with anything. It's not even just becoming a high performer. It's like losing weight. People don't want to, the pain of having to go through a diet. They don't want the pain of restriction.
0: Yeah. But, you know, and coming back to your question there about high performance, um, I didn't really realize high performance until I got into competing for fitness competitions. And that was probably the best thing that I could have ever went through. So for like five or six years doing multiple competitions per year. And if you think about like restricting nutrition and like doing cardio when like you don't want to do cardio and like pushing your body because you know, you have an actual goal. Um, that taught me so much discipline. It taught me what it was like to actually take a plan of action and see it through. It taught me deadlines. Um, and I've just transferred that into, into business. And I think that's why I've been successful with business because I actually understand discipline and so mm-hmm. many people lack discipline, right? Like, I mean, heck, like <laughs> who, who wants to n- restrict the nutrition for like four weeks uh, or four months, like just to look a certain way. Like it, it's freaking hard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to change anything or to build anything takes discipline. And I think that's one human trait that a lot of people will
1: lack. I love how the the human body, like building a body and building a business, it's very similar, don't you think? So similar. Like so it's similar. kind of weird how that works and also explains why there's you who came from the fitness industry as a coach and is now an amazing business coach. It's an interesting thing. What would you say to people when they're like, well, I want to be a high performer. What does it take to be a high performer?
0: Mm. Um, Number one, I think self-awareness. For sure, um, you need to really understand. And I think, like this is you know coming back to fitness too. When you're looking to get your body to look a very certain way, you need to understand how your body feels and how it reacts to certain things. So you know, it comes down to food, comes down to nutrition, and that translates into high performance as well. So if you want to be a high performer, you need energy, you need mental clarity, um, you know, you need to feel good. And so many people don't understand. What makes them happy and what makes them feel good? You know, like I'm still at the gym, like, you know, five, six, six days a week. It's not from a physical, like aesthetic uh perspective. stance anymore, but it's from, I know that fitness and and having a healthy body is going to make me feel good. It's going to make me want to show up on podcasts, show up on videos, like stand up in front of people and speak. Um, And a lot of people just don't have that self-awareness as to what makes them run optimally and what makes them feel really like, you know, like I've been gluten free for a year and a half because I know gluten doesn't make me feel good. It won't kill me, but I know that I'm going to be foggy and tired for like three, four days after that. So I don't eat that because I know it's not going to make me feel good. So again, that comes back to like the discipline and the self-awareness. Like I think that's number one with high performance is just really, really understand yourself and be like a student of your own body and of your own Mm. mental clarity and of your own performance. And then it, that comes back to discipline, right
1: so listening, listening listening to your body and listening to what your mind is telling you yeah and listening to how you freaking feel
0: yeah like, nobody yeah.
1: listens to how they fucking feel about things <laughs> like, yeah this makes me feel yucky okay change it
0: yeah doesn't yeah.
1: it kind of um frustrate you sometimes when you watch people choose to stay stuck
0: yeah one hundred percent um because people are looking for instant gratification. Right. Mm. Um, you know, if you're just looking to feel good, you know, maybe like you'll, you'll have that bottle of wine at night or you'll sit on the couch and eat that bag of chips because that's going to make you feel good right then. But how are you going to feel in the morning when you wake up? And how's that gonna make you feel in the afternoon? And this has been, and I think, you know, I I was sick for two years because I had breast implants. And I Mm -hmm. think like going through that made me really understand my body um, because I knew what it was like to not feel like myself and to not feel good. Um, and knowing that, you know, I want to show up on video and I wanna speak in front of people and that takes a certain level of confidence and feeling really good in your skin. So I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people a lot of people want an outcome, whether it's you want to perform a certain way or you want a certain level of income or you want a a body or a business. People want the outcome, but they don't know what it takes to actually go through the day-to-day aspects and actions to actually have that outcome. Mm -hmm. And whether it's a body or whether it's a business, like the day-to-day mundane things, if you can do the things that most people won't do, you will succeed.
1: Mm, So true. So speaking of day-to-day stuff, are there like daily rituals that are a must for you? Um,
0: yeah, definitely the gym. Um, 100%, you know, I've battled with depression as well. Like that helps keep my mind clear. It makes me feel good. Like getting my body moving in the morning, like it gives me energy, clears my head. Um, definitely the gym, um, that is a non-negotiable, uh, eating right. Like I said, like I'm gluten-free, like my diet is, you know, 90% good. Like I'm not perfect. Um, but yeah, my nutrition and the gym are staples for how I feel throughout the day and with rituals. I do do personal development. You know, I do meditate. Um, I do hip- hypnosis work with you as <laughs> you well. Sure do. Yeah. But I do find that my, my habits and rituals will be, they change depending on what I'm trying to work through um, or what I'm trying to develop. So,
1: Right but now i here. I hear a word in there that's not being said, but it's consistency. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm it's a... not even consistency with your rituals, consistency with building your business, consistency, listening to yourself and your body. And think... like, it really consistency is hard. Like consistency is really, really hard. Yeah. It is. And I think it comes back to self-awareness and realizing, oh, I'm not actually being consistent. That's why I'm not getting the results that I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. Consistency is a very interesting word and process. So, um, like I said, you've done so many things in your career so far. Is there anything that you wish you would have known before you started down any of the paths? Like, do you wish you would have known something before fitness or before getting into business coaching? Um, I can't think of anything
0: particular. Uh But I do believe, and I've realized this now, I believe that you coach what you're healing through. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that's why fitness became non-exciting for me to coach on anymore because I felt like I had mastered my body from a sustainable perspective. So I I got into fitness because I had like low self-esteem. Like I wanted to, you know, manipulate my body. I wanted the perfect body. And I mean, I've been on the cover of magazines. I've I've won shows and still felt a very low self-esteem and then getting out of competing and like learning how to keep myself fit all year round. I felt like I won that game. And now, you know, with business coaching, like I've, I've always been pretty good at business, but I've never focused on it as much as I'm actually coaching on it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you are the same as well. Right. You want to be that role model for what you're coaching. So, you know, I, 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 transitions have been hard, but transitioning quite a few times over the last five years has actually given me confidence to realize that, Hey, maybe I won't be business coaching in five or 10 years, but I know that that, that will be that next step moving forward. So what I wish I knew then. I guess it's just that trust in myself for the ability to figure it out with wherever I'm transitioning through.
1: Yeah. I and that gets, and that I have time. We always feel like we lack time, right? Oh, yes. Every, and you know what? To be fair, and I've said this to you and Joe, I'm 44. So the things that were going through my head were like, no, oh my God, I'm running out of time. I can't do this. I can't start a business. I can't do." shut up. <laughs> like that's just unconscious mind giving us these excuses. And it's funny because this past weekend, I started Having those kind of things again. And you and Joe seem to always send out these emails right at the right time. And he was talking about how, like, Martha Stewart didn't do something till she was 40, and like, Vera Wang didn't design her first dress till 41. So it's yeah. realizing that time is, if we wanted to get into quantum physics, time doesn't actually exist, but time is just a number. Like it shouldn't hold us back from things. Oh, I love that. Love, 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 love. You guys have some pretty exciting things coming up in the next year, like the Canadian fitness business summit. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, how that came to be born? Yeah. Um, so Joe and I are hosting a summit, uh, you know,
0: we've really found that in the Canadian market there's a lack of a lot of fitness business knowledge. You know, there's so much that goes down on in the states and we've flown down and done so many things and we know people that fly down that we decided to bring a summit to Canada that was strictly business focused. Especially for the health and fitness professionals, there's so much emphasis on continuing education, mm. but you know, acronyms behind your name don't give you more income. They don't build your business. Um, and again, that comes back to that consumption mode, right? Mm-hmm. People feel like if they learn more, that will actually help build their business. But in reality, your clients have no idea what those certificates even mean. So there's never been a solely business summit. There's been mixture with con- continuing education. So we decided to do the first Canadian Fitness Business Summit. This idea came about, Joe had it in, I believe it was May or June of 2018, this past year. And then it's been solidifying speakers and venue and you know, hiring on people to help us and It's a very big lofty goal that scares the shit out of me. (laughs) (laughs) But um, again, I'm up for the challenge. Joe and I don't like doing anything small. And I think that's why we've been successful. It's setting huge goals for yourself that actually stretch you. Um, Mm -hmm. Because even I know our goal is to get 300 people there. To me, that that scares the shit out of me of thinking, oh my god, I need 300 people to show up for us on one weekend. <laughs> um, you know, even if we hit 250, that'll be an amazing goal, right? So it's setting those goals that are going to stretch you and scare you a bit, that actually push you into action, um, and that's what makes you grow. Like mm. you, you don't grow by saying, "I'm going to get 50 people in a room" because, like, that's not hard to do.
1: I feel like it's the resistance. When people hit that resistance, they tend to stop. And that's actually when you should push the fuck through. Because Mm -hmm. on the other side of that resistance is a huge, massive, amazing shift that's going to happen and not enough people push through that. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like so excited for you. you guys have so much cool stuff going on. And one of the things that I think is really important for people and this is not a shameless plug for you and Joe, but it kind of is. I feel plug like. Plug away. <laughs> one of the things that I see with a lot of people, not just entrepreneurs, is that they don't invest in like coaches for business and they try to do everything themselves. And I, I think it's really important for people to understand that if you truly want to become a high performer, it's really important to always have a coach. Like you said, it, you guys have a coach. I have coaches. Like we all have coaches. Do you think, why do you think people don't, high, like they don't invest in coaches? Why do you think that is?
0: Well, I mean, I was actually in this space. So even in my fitness business, business coaches aren't as prevalent as they are now um so I didn't know that there were coaches out there to help me um, and I'm a very resourceful person and I think it comes down to a people like to feel like maybe they can figure that it out you know b people don't want to spend money that they don't need to like, you know, in a way we all kind of have that cheapness inside of us. We're like, well, I don't want to have to spend money. Maybe I can just go research or watch YouTube videos or sign in for this free thing. And it'll give you some of the answers, but it doesn't give you the whole picture. And, you know, I didn't start investing into my business until I actually was dabbling in with network marketing there in 2015 and 16. And then, but I always had coaches for fitness. So I understood the value of having a coach and having that third eye um, and giving me that value to fast track time. And then, you know, the past two years of Joe and I investing a lot, and even like this past year, like we've invested so much into, you know, coaches, whether it's personal development or business coaches, masterminds, and it has just exploded our growth. So, you know, coaches will, yes, it's an investment, and that's what you need to look at it as. And sometimes that investment's not going to come back right away. But if you can get, you know, one or two things that's going to fast track you or make you think differently, or even just give you that confidence and that reassurance that you're on the right track. Because how many times do you spin, right? Should I be doing this or should I be doing that? Or you get this squirrel brain or you question yourself. But when you have a when you have a coach, it just gives you so much more clarity and confidence behind yourself and you will move faster into action by having that support behind you. So I think that people are just afraid to spend the money. Um, I think that they're there are bad coaches out there and there are good coaches out there. So I think you just, you need to, you need to shop around. You really do. That's another
1: great segue. I was just about to say, because I've had coaches that weren't necessarily bad, but they weren't, uh, I'll say they weren't right for me. Yeah. And I know there's people that have had the same things. And when it came to you and Joe, I mean, I knew you already, but I still didn't reach out about the business piece of things. I creeped for like a year just to watch what you guys were doing in this space. So what would you say to people like when they're looking for a coach? How, how do you find one that's going to work for you?
0: Um, well, obviously, what you were just saying right there, I mean, obviously, usually we're going to come across people from social media, we're going to follow them, we're going to creep them for a while. <clears throat> like, we all do that. Um, and I think this is a really great conversation for people to understand, like, human behavior. So, if anybody listening to this, if you're in the service-based industry or you're a coach at all, you know, human behavior and buying power, it's all the same thing. You know, we at first, our interest is peaked and we realize we have a problem and we're probably going to look around at people for probably, like, more than, like, six months to a year before we actually make a decision. You know, if you realize you have a problem and you see a coach that you like, you know, reach out and ask for a phone call. Most good coaches um, will talk to you at no expense to yourself. Usually, you know, I'll get on the phone with anybody and see what their problem is and and let them know what I have to offer. Because if people are going to work with you, they're going to invest time and money and rearrange their schedule to come into your life. You know, they should have that open door and open communication to be able to just talk to you. Yes. So definitely just reach out and talk. Um, but I do think it comes with, you know, shopping around. Like Joe and I were looking for masterminds this year and we sat in on a couple to see who we were going to jive with. Um, everybody is different and every coach is different. It's not like one is bad or good, but everybody just has their different styles or their zone of geniuses. So mm-hmm. if, you've, if you've had a bad experience or you feel like something's not jiving with you, just keep looking around. It's it's like shopping for a house or shopping for a car, right? Like, you know, you're going to probably have to look at a couple different options before you find one that really lands with you.
1: Well, I think, too, the key word there is it's not about, oh, I have to pay all this money. It's looking at it as an investment. And that's a money mindset thing, of course, is not looking at, oh, I have to pay for this. No, you're investing in it. Like, how much is your business worth? How much is your health worth? How much is whatever? It's so funny. Human beings have this way of being able to invest in, like, stupid shit, Yeah. but not in themselves and not in their businesses. It's very yeah. interesting for me to watch. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I mean, we're all a little guilty of it, right? Of like oh, how much you course. spend out at like restaurants or how much like you spend on food, but yet you won't actually invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. I think I think the other thing about investing in your business too is to has some clarity on what exactly is it that you need. Is it skills and knowledge? Um, Is it just accountability? Are you looking for personal development? Are you looking for a community? Like, there's different things that coaching programs can offer you. And the more, like, Brenda, like, you're kind of at the point now, like... Yeah, sure. And you might need to know some more hows, but like you're running your business fine. So you're at a point now where you're looking for more just like community and accountability. Uh-huh. So there's different levels of your business too, depending on like, same with Joe and I, every seminar that we go to, um, or every coaching program, I'm not looking for how to do something, but I'm looking for more efficiency. I'm maybe looking for a better like system, um, than one that I'm using or platforms or like a technology. Um, but I'm more just looking for the community and different like ideas and up leveling
1: of my mindset. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was huge when I joined your mentorship group the first time. Um, yes, it was about like the systems and the backend stuff and running the business. Cause let's be honest, I didn't actually have a fucking clue how to do that, <laughs> but it was really about being around others like myself. Because when I was in corporate, like people just don't think like entrepreneur, entrepreneurs have a completely different way of thinking. And mm-hmm. I needed to be around people who understood me, <laughs> That's yeah. how I would explain that. So I think yeah. it's really important for anybody out there listening. Like if you truly want to next level, like up level stuff, get yourself a really awesome business coach who can help propel you in that way. Yeah. I think and it's I think- key.
0: Can I can I sh- throw something in there too? Of course. Um, and this is why Joe and I do so much in person stuff and with groups of people because, um, and this we've been toggling on like, do we really start an online like mentorship? Um, there's power about getting into a room with other people. And what I've realized, and this comes to mindset and limiting beliefs and, you know, this is why Joe and I travel so much and we'll put ourselves in rooms with people making like millions and millions of dollars. And I love the opportunity just to talk to people because, you know, you and I are no different. The only difference is that, you know, I've probably been doing it longer and I just know a little bit more than you. Like that's all that it is. And that's what I've realized about getting into this room because we can put people on pedestals and being like, you know, oh, they're millionaires or oh, they're famous, but people are people. Mm -hmm. And the more you put yourself in rooms of people who are doing better than you, you'll realize that they are really no better than you. They've just been putting in more action and doing it longer.
1: Well, so they that, have a different thought process, right? That energy—they yeah. have a different energy, and when you can tap into the, it, yes, when you can yeah. tap into that, you can almost learn just by watching them. Which also sounds a little creepy, but it's yeah. true. one hundred percent,
0: one hundred percent.
1: I love this. Well, I want to be mindful of your time. I want to thank you so much. For we being could sit here talking all day long. I know, <laughs> like I when. I have to tell this story because yeah, yeah. I had been kind of like humming and hawing about doing the podcast. And then all of a sudden one day you're like, you sent an email to somebody saying, oh, Brenda's launching a podcast. You should be a guest. And I was like, what? Oh, my God. Okay. I've got so much. To... Okay. I guess this is happening. <laughs> and that's kind of how it was yeah. born. <laughs>
0: I know. I was like, what did I say? I'm like, I pushed you off the edge. Grow your yeah. wings. <laughs> yep.
1: Grow, fly, fly. But that's what you have to do. Mm, because we yeah. will sit and we will stew and oh, maybe I'll do Because my thing was, oh, you know, maybe next year I'll do a podcast or something. Yeah, no, it's it's happening now. Okay thanks to
0: you. <laughs> you, you, you need to start things before you're ready for them or else you sit there and like analyze in perfectionist mind and you're like, when I'm
1: ready, I'll do this. And you're never, ever ready. No, it's true. Never. So yeah. I have one last question I want to ask you, which I'm going to be asking everybody who's ever on this show. What I mean. is, yeah. What does living a limitless life mean to you?
0: Hmm. That's a great question. I think it just means following following your heart and your desire, like, you know, limitless. And, and it's like, it's like that success sliding scale, right? If you want something, you need to go after it because no one's going to hand it to you. You're never going to feel ready. You just need to start, you know, putting one foot in front of the other and start that action. Like mm-hmm. that's what lim- that's what limitless means to me. If I can, you know, think up a, a concept or think up something that I want, I just need to kind of work backwards and figure out like, what's that first step and how do I get moving?
1: Hmm. And so where can people find you? Yeah. You?
0: <laughs> well, we're on a podcast format. So find me on my podcast, the fulfillment project. Um, I'm on all platforms. Um, podcasting is like my favorite, favorite thing right now. And I know that you're going to love it, Brenda. Um, I and then, <laughs> and then Instagram, Instagram, that's where I love hanging out. Sarah You can find me there.
1: And I'll put all of this information in the show notes for everybody. Thank you so much again yeah. for coming. And allowing me to get you on the air before 10 (laughs) o'clock. I appreciate that. (laughs) I know. Thank you so much. I'm so excited that I'm your first guest.